So why am I doing this? I'm starting this podcast because we all have a story and finances play a part in our struggles and successes. If we can learn from the many mistakes many others have made, we can make sure that more of us are successful. Like the quote says, to increase the chances of success, we must increase our failure rate. To be honest, I failed a ton. I will bring people from all walks of life, but mostly service members. If you have a story you would like to share, do not hesitate to reach out. From the go, like and subscribe to this podcast so many others can benefit. So for this next episode of the Financial Enabler podcast, we have the Nickest of Nicks. He's probably known for social media, an ops and planning guru. We're going to talk about his story, his finances, maybe some failures. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. So we're here. We're stoked about this. Obviously, shout out to some brands. In this case, Kinetic Nutrition. And I have the good old Sangen watch with the Zane's uh, strap for the leather lovers. And do you happen to have any of this? You have a Sangen by any chance? <laughs> or uh, we'll not have a Sangen yet. Oh man, it's a uh, it's. You know, it's a, it's pretty exclusive for what I've seen. I feel very lucky. I wasn't the same team with the guy. Uh, not that that makes me cool or anything. I just, you know, fortune, right place, right time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so t- tell us a little bit. What's your story? Where, where, what are you doing now? What, uh, what, what's your background? Okay. So I joined the Marine Corps in 2007, right out of high school. Um, went in as an 0311, did that for about 10 years. Um, as I was getting out of the Marine Corps, decided that I wasn't happy, really, really happy, wasn't really happy getting out. It was just circumstances. So, uh, talked to my wife, convinced her that like, you know, I should go in the army. It was, you know, I still wanted to do this type of work. Um, when I was ETS, was it, was the Marine Corps say? Not ETS. EAS. EAS. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. Really. So good. But uh, I EAS from the Marine Corps, was on terminal for about two months. Um, I managed to get a job as security guard at a um, casino because we had moved to Carson City. Mm-hmm. Um, the When the guy hired me, he was like, hey, look, man, you know, uh, you're not going to make a whole lot. It's only going to be like $11. You know, I was like, all right, whatever, you know. So talking to my wife about it and she was not very happy about it because um i had put in quite amount of work you know the years in but i had did some um security contracting type schooling whatever uh used my gi bill for that but um she was on she wasn't really fond of uh the work i was getting considering like the background it had so she just said, you know, I just go, go to Margo, the recruiter, the army recruiter. And I did. And, um, I EAS like in May and one week later I went to MEPS again and went to the army where I've been ever since. So again, I don't think we were expecting to walk into this, but what were the effects? What was your, what were you guys feeling as a family when you saw that you were going to make 11 bucks? Well, so it was, it was, it was shocking, but having to find a job wasn't the problem. It was, my dad was supposed to give me a a job in his company. Mm -hmm. I've been planning that for years. Um, 
I'd say probably three years. He and I were planning that. Um, and even before I got met my wife and got married, that was what I was going to do. I was going to move up to Carson City with him and work. Though we had a, we had a really good, solid plan. He was going to be supportive, give me a job that was going to work around my schedule going to school. So as I was trying to bank on the BAH of going to school full time and having a side job for the extra income and my wife was going to work. But two months before I got out, he said, hey, uh, I gave your job to your brother. So three years of planning just went out the window, down the drain. And yeah, it was it was hard because I knew didn't really know what was up there. Um, other than law enforcement, which was, I was looking into, but, um, it was, they, they weren't open at the time taking applications. So I had to figure out, I had to find something. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, before we dive into your future life, uh, what can you tell me about, you know, your, your upbringing, your financial scripts, like what did you hear about in your life and how did it affect you? You know, like how people say, Money doesn't grow on trees. Do you, do you have anything like that that you remember? No. Um, unfortunately, my parents didn't really teach me much growing up. Uh, yeah. I was, mm, I guess, for the most part, neglected a lot. Yeah. Um, I'll explain it. Um my parents were focused on their own things a lot it seemed um my mom my mom was always my mom is is, is still is kind of like a poor me mentality type of person uh yeah. always seeking you know people feel sorry for her um and then my stepdad was pretty much if it didn't involve uh some kind of nutrition or bible study the church he didn't really care about it yeah. So, um, having conversations with them was pretty hard because if it didn't spark their interest, they didn't really want to talk about it a lot. Um, man, that's a, that's tough. Yeah. So growing up, I mean, you know, I'm sure you remember as a kid, like you hear guys say like weird slang terms and stuff like that, you know, or like, you know, um, talking about girls and stuff like that. It was like. I grew up as the guy who didn't know what any of that was, you know, they're talking about, really? you know, and, um, this was the day and age before you can just Google anything. Um, you know, we had dial up in our house, so I couldn't just go on the computer and say, Hey, what is, you know, this mean, you know? Um, so I was, I was kind of a, a loner and the oddball out growing up. And then on top of that, you know, I really couldn't talk to my parents about things because, you know, they, it seemed like they had no interest most of the time. Yeah. So and I apologize right now. I'm having my, my dog is annoying me. So <laughs> here in the podcast, we're live. So it's not that I'm ignoring you. Uh, so, dude, that's a that's that's a lot to deal with. And I'll say this for the audience. Uh, when, when I when I asked uh, Nick to get on this podcast, it's because we're not alone. Right. And, and the reality is, is that what you're dealing with, somebody's dealing with and or have dealt with, you've or are here now a 
uh, a force in good in the in the military. So it's we want to share this that you know we are we're all in our journey and it's tough, right? So I really appreciate your candor. I appreciate your honesty with 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 your own hardships because it clearly forms us and some of that plays into the role of the I mean the man that cares about our community so much, right? So it's it's pretty. It's pretty incredible. So I appreciate you being here, being so candid with it, with with such a um, tough upbringing, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate you talking about. It. I think that that's hard, and I think that I'm a, I'm a correlated now to you know the, the mental uh, issues that we talk in the military, and not enough guys are open to talk about it. So here it is: a guy that we can look up to, you know, a, a guy that we respect in the community that is doing incredible good to make more lethal warriors it is dealt with it it's overcoming with it and you probably deal with it often but you're still not it's not bringing it's not going to slow you down to your path to greatness you know mm -hmm. that's cool man i really really appreciate that um so tough tough upbringing um you know neglect uh, uh not a lot of financial education and, and then you have hardship you ended up joining the army how has your time in the army been? What 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 skills did you bring in? What what caused all that? What how's that all been for you? Uh, so the first year was pretty tough. It was an adjustment culture wise. Um, being I was a E five sergeant when I came in, so I got to keep my rank. But um, you know, you and I, from you know, being Marines, like an E five is you know, is, is someone, it means something, right? Yeah. So like even a court before corporal, you know, is a big deal. Um, it's not the same in the army. Um, like you're, you're, you're an NCO, but you're looked down on kind of, um, you're just another worker. You're given like all the tasks to do. Um, yeah. it's not the same as like a Marine Sergeant. So do you find yourself empowering those E5s and E4s now that you've been in there for a while or or is the system totally against it? Um it depends who you were. It depends on your leadership. Um Yeah. My first platoon I was ever in, the platoon sergeant didn't see it that way. You know, pretty much if you weren't at least a staff sergeant, you're nobody to him. Mm. Um he definitely have favorites um, within the platoon, but I mean, I kind of like didn't care because I was used to that in the Marine Corps. Um, yeah. Um, but it was a lot of like proving myself that I could do the job. It's kind of weird. Um, Vestinality is like you. You know how like in the O three world, you, if you ever worked O, you worked with O threes, right? Like infantry. Yeah. Not like uh, not recon and Marsoc guys, but like regular infantry guys. Yeah, my but, first combat, my first EOD deployment was just with straight leg infantrymen. Yeah, so you you know how cocky they can be, like pretty hard head. Mm -hmm. So interestingly, um, I would say army infantry guys are not as cocky. Mm -hmm. um, they're de they, they're cocky, but like I think scouts, nineteen deltas, are a little bit more, um, and that's because they like to brag about how they have to have a higher GT score to be a cap scout. But, um, you know, I, 
I would, if I could, I would, if they said, Hey, would you go infantry? But I'm like, absolutely. I, <laughs> I was trying to go back infantry, but like, so I still like, you know, love them and all, but, um, the, they looked down on me because I wasn't grown up as a scout. Oh. You know, so they're like, Oh, you like, you know, this, you know, that and I was like, dude, I've been doing your kind of stuff since I was like 18 years old. And I'm pretty sure I've done more yeah. of it. <laughs> like, um, Like I had it, like it was bad. I had to throw that at them, you know. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've done way more stuff in my time in the Marine Corps than you've done your whole career. What is the closest thing out of a Cav Scout unit? Besides, I'm assuming LAR, but yes. is Cat like Cav Scout? Uh, so LAR for sure is like the equivalent. I would also say um, probably Cat Team, kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Only only thing I would. I would go on. Only that I would add though is like I'm not sure if cat teams do scouting per se. Right. Um, they probably would. I know someone probably do like some route reconnaissance really quick just for the battalion. But uh, comparison wise, cav scouts and LAR would be the same because you know in cav squadron you're doing reconnaissance for the entire brigade, and just like in LAR they're doing reconnaissance for the whole division. Got it, man. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. My dog is being annoying. So here we are doing it live, right? Yep. So that's very different. So you came into a different world. You had to adjust. Mm -hmm. Have, do you feel that you've been successful in your, in your six years in the army? You've been able to overcome a lot of this or, 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 or not? Yes. And if not, why? Absolutely. Um, so my first deployment in the army with that platoon was probably the roughest it's been ever. Yeah. Um, When I got back from Iraq, because when I went to, I went through the training to be a Cav Scout, went to my unit and went straight to Iraq. With mm -hmm. So, but when we got back, um, it was after post-deployment leave. We're in the motor pool getting ready to go out to the field for something. And out of nowhere, I started having a panic attack. Like, just wow. out of nowhere. Um, it was like... Um, Like I started tearing up, you know, and like I would, and I remember I was like walking with my clipboard because I was going down my checklist because I had like a lot of things. I was like making sure we did all these tasks before lunch and trying to figure out, okay, what we still had to do after lunch. And like as I'm walking, I'm like starting to tear up and I'm starting to do that, like, you know, sound with my, with my lip, with my mouth, you know, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. what the heck is going on? And so I'm fighting it back and I'm like, You know, like we're about to break for lunch. So I'm like, hey, okay, you, 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 whatever, go this and that. And I, when everybody left, I had to run to behind a Connex box, and like to hide from everybody. And I it just started coming out, but like I wasn't like sobbing, crying. It was just like tearing. I was like breathing hard, uh, you know. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So my guy, one well, of my guys saw me. He's like, dude, are you okay? He's like, I don't know, man. Like, get uh, get one of the sergeants, one of the staff sergeants. Like, I don't feel right. Something's wrong. So um, I didn't go out to the field. The next day I get I went to uh, the head, the headquarters uh, troop, like a company, same you know, headquarters company. And my the first sergeant that I was in Iraq with in my old uh, company troop was uh, the new first sergeant for them. So he pulled me and he pretty much was like he sat me down, I was like, Hey, uh, I heard what happened. You're going to S three. And you're going to go uh, take care of yourself until you get better, you know? 
I was like, okay. He was like, um, but, you know, he didn't, he didn't have to say, but he was like, you know, if you take advantage of this, you know, like, I'm not going to do anything else for you, but like, he get, you know, he's like, get better, you know, and took care of me. Wow. So, because, so when that happened, I went to S3 and then I went and started working for a new platoon sergeant. And this guy showed me like a whole different side that I'd never seen before. Yeah. So it was like, cool. Like had a, had a panic attack and I'm getting a really great, getting, getting really good experience in the S3 and having a great leadership to work with. Wow, man, that is incredible. And it's, it's, uh, I, I feel, I feel that dude. Cause it's the military is that hard. Right. And there's, there's young men and women right now that are either having those panic attacks or about to have them and no leadership is covering for them. And it's so difficult to overcome that. Right. So that, I mean, kudos to that man that was able to, to do that. Um, so after the S3, uh, you are, are PCS, you, you eventually PCS to where you're at now, right? Oh, uh, no, I was, it wasn't right away. Um, okay. I was in S3 for just over a year. Okay. Um, we went, we went, we were on the border doing, you know, border mission stuff. And I was on the fence of getting out again. Yeah. I was getting up again, but my wife was like, you know what? Just go the 20. You're already at 13 now. Just might as well finish it, you know? Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. Did what I had to do to very much get qualified to stay in. Um, went back to what we call, you know, the line to back to, I went to a different troop and I became a section squad leader there. And, you know, I got promoted to staff sergeant, did my squad leader time, um, pretty much almost two years. And then now I'm here. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you worked out of your, your staff sergeant right now. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, so. With that, the first question, because you've had, you know, you did that deployment to Iraq. Was that a six month or a year deployment? It was a nine month. Nine month. So do you, I mean, what have you done with your, you know, deployment money, your HCIPs? Is that something? Oh. Uh, and, and if it's all gone, it's all gone, oh, yeah. right? This it, is the lesson. It's all gone. I did what everybody would do. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I had that mentality of, you know, I'll make more, I'll make more. I got time, you know. Yeah. And you don't really understand how fast time goes until like all of a sudden you're at 15 years you're like what yeah <laughs> you know it's like it still feels like i just joined the army and i got out of the marines sometimes it's like yeah 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 like it's been six, almost six it's been six years now yeah i always say that i'm like you know and i i feel very young at heart and i'm like i'm an e8 i was like i can yell at people well i don't yell at e3s i like yelling at people my rank because whatever this, that's right. I feel the biggest gap is in the military. Uh, so would you, what, what advice would you tell people to do with deployment money, with realistic money, hazardous duty pay? What, what is something that you think you would do different now, knowing what you've been through? Definitely not spend at all. Um, I never, I never realized how, I don't want to say I guess easy to get a house and land is, you know, how attainable it really is. Um, mm -hmm. And if I, if I would have understood that, I probably would have put my priorities to that sooner. Okay. Sooner. And you and I have spoken about that. 
that uh, land is a big deal for you. Yes. What it, What are your plans to do with land? Where are you going with this? So I'm planning to buy some land and I, probably the biggest I can afford for right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to turn into like our own little homestead farm, build our home. Yeah. So that way we can be, you know, raising chickens, goats and cows, growing our own crops, stuff like that. And that'll be for us. And some and simultaneously be running my business on my land, on my property. Cool. What kind of business do you have besides the social media? Uh, or is that the business? So it's going to be a training company. Cool. Um, not going to be doing any like the firearm stuff that is dominating, but focusing on the skills that um, citizens need to learn other than just shooting a gun. You know, that's that's very, so funny how life is, how this, you know, the podcast that I did before, it was with a seer guy. And and we kind of overlook how those guys are masters of field craft, right? Mm -hmm. And these guys are like, they're made to live in the field for extended, well, even though they goes to be a short period of time, I'm sure they could be there much longer than most of us, wouldn't less. And, you know, like you said, the, the firearm community dominates the the training aspects but there's so much more to that and we're not even going to talk about ops and planning but like logistics uh you know medical mm -hmm. uh, just daily survival daily living right there's just so much more to long-term exposure uh long-term exposure in a moment of chaos than your gun right uh so that's i think you have a pretty good niche there uh and that's awesome so you're definitely gonna put it towards land real estate um with that, what would you say is the worst advice that you ever got in? And if you can open to share from whom, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had any bad advice to be honest. Cause good. Um, what about negative role model? Oh, that <laughs> to, um, my parents definitely um really my whole mom's side of the family too mm -hmm. um definitely guys that i've had to work with in the marine corps and the army yeah. you know so i mean like i got i got i can pick quite a bit <laughs> yeah so you would you say that um maybe not in the moment but in hindsight did seeing the things they were doing wrong has ever helped you? Yes. Um, fortunately, uh, I learned that in the Marine Corps. You know, when you're going through corporal's course, you know, they teach you about leadership. And it's like, hey, um, well, actually, before that, was my first squad leader. You know, he would, you know, he was really big on teaching us how to be a leader one day, you know, because... Mm -hmm. He went to Iraq twice, um, so his mindset was really like, hey, I can die any moment on deployment, and one of you might have to take over. Like, he was really big in, like, instilling that because he's seen it, you know. Yeah. Like, he had to be a team leader, like, on his first deployment as a brand-new Marine because his team leader went down, you know. Yeah, so wow. He lived that, and he was big on that and believed in it. So yeah. in doing that, he taught us, like, hey – um, just because like, you know, a lot of guys looked up to him 
doesn't mean he's perfect. There's still things he does wrong that you you know that I you, I may not like. You can still take those bad examples as examples of what not to do. You know, he right. luckily he you know he's one of those guys and taught us that. Right. Wow. That's a uh, that's pretty cool. Do you still talk to him? Unfortunately, no. Um, mm. Like a lot of guys, they move on and change their numbers and you know like. This was also before, you know, social media was as big as it is now. So yeah. staying in contact and people like I'm and the chances of him even having one or being active on it is very low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do find that a lot of them don't have it, which is uh I get it. I'm not gonna tell them that it's a good thing, but you know, clearly you and I have been very fortunate to uh benefit from the positive aspects of it. Right. Uh and not just be a purely negative uh, voice and you know you you and I and the guys that I had uh, the last two podcasts uh, last podcast that I've recorded uh, positive voices in the social media space so it's pretty cool um, so tell, take us, tell us a little bit about the Nickus and Nicks how did it come about <laughs> so I started that in 2019 when I was on the board of mission with my last unit um it was going to be a fitness journey blog type of stuff because um, I was finally getting back into shape, you know, and uh, a lot of, you know, fitness guys, you know, they just like, oh, check out this crazy workout I'm going to do. Like, okay, cool. But what about the people who are starting, you know, like, Cause that, cause that's, that's, that's one thing I've kind of, kind of seen in a lot of industries is like, you can do something for a while. Yeah. You kind of forget what it's like being the new guy sometimes. Yeah. So I saw a gap in that and that's what I was going to try to do. Um, didn't work out obviously. So I changed, I was going to try to do the gun tuber stuff. Gotcha. Um, you know, and that's harder i would say than trying to do a fitness blog style because there's so many guys out there who are doing you know gun reviews gear reviews whatever stuff like that so it's hard to stick out plus um it seems to be everyone follows the same trend and i never really like doing that um if i if anyone ever if any of my youtube followers you know remember some of my older stuff you might be able to pick out in my voice and hear like, I don't really like talking about like a battle belt or a pack, you know, it's boring to me. Like I get nothing out of it. It's like, it's a back. Yeah. Like I can put my stuff in here and carry it. Cool. Yeah. But, um, so that obviously that wasn't really taking off. And then it was like 20, well, it was actually last year. Shoot. So 2022, um, the Grand Thumb Recce Rifle uh, video, like, in the mountains, you know, came out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in the gun community, like, that was, like, all the rage. And it was, like, getting crazy. Uh, people were just like, oh, check out, you know, like, here's my rifle. This, you know, my Recce Rifle. And, like, dude, it's literally the exact same gun as the other one. Like, I see nothing different, you know? Yeah. But um, it was... It was actually starting to annoy me because I was seeing a lot of these influencers who have no actual experience or background 
trying to tell other people about reconnaissance kind of mentality stuff. And I was like, all right, this has gone too far. Like, you know, so I made, I made a post and it took off. Like, wow. Whoa. What was the post about? Um, it was real recce quote recce making fun of the word recce loadout yeah. using the acronym sea worms so um it, i'm not familiar what is sea worms so yeah <laughs> um so sea worms is in the uh the 3-20.98 okay got platoon for the army mm -hmm. and it's really actually for um remind you know for like when you go into an observation post an op you know, so it's your compass, your weapons, um, observation. Oh, I'm sorry. Optics radios. Optics radios. Yep. Maps. Yeah. He's no sustainment gear. Right. Yeah. And, um, I applied it to basically civilians and what their loadout should look like for that kind of a mission set. Wow. Really got into it. It was like, you know, it's not just for, you know, a recon or whatever. It's really just for everything that you're, yeah, do this kind of stuff in because it's like, yeah, you, you know, you need some kind of navigation. You need obviously the weapon, but it's the right weapon setup, um, observation, your optics. So you know, that's you know, like people always want to ask, like, well, should I get a red dot? Should I get scope? Whatever, you know. It's like, well, yeah, like really just diving into like, hey, how do you actually look at this and figure out what you're going to do? Um, Interesting. Which, which, by the way, I don't know the acronym. I just uh, correlated optics and radios. That was just a pure correlation. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it um, someone with a bigger profile, me, you know, saw it, shared it, and just started like. Uh, yeah, growing. So I just started making more posts around doctrine type stuff and tailoring it to civilian application, trying to explain it easy, uh, easier. Yeah. Um, and also to like, my big thing with it is like making sure people understand, like the doctrine is not set in stone. It's just guidance, you know, yeah. really trying to make them understand. Like, it's just because it says this doesn't mean it's like absolute. Yeah. So, and so w with, you're focusing on delivering to the civilian audience. Uh, you don't love gear. What is your take on purchasing gear? And what would you tell a young infantryman to whether to buy it or not? If he was allowed, of course. Um, I would say wait, wait a few months, wait a few, uh, field exercises, right? Mm -hmm. Um, watch your senior guys how they set their stuff up, see what they're running, ask questions of, you know, what is that for? What does that do? And then slowly go from there. Just kind of like figure out step-by-step step of like, what don't I like right now? What is bothering me? Um, I would, I wouldn't, I would say not a plate carrier first. Yeah. Um, what would be the first, the first uh, piece of gear you would buy? If you were back at square one, probably. Well, shoot, I gotta think of how the Marine Corps stuff is right now. No, just in general, oh, as a uh, general. I, oh, back then, probably some really good saw pouches. 
Saw pouches. I, uh, was... What about now? If you were starting it today, if you were at E3 today, what would you buy? Probably a way to carry all 20, 27 magazines IAR gunners carry. Yeah. Um, okay. Honestly, uh, that's that was probably, yeah, because when that thing came out and I see the mags that they give them, and it's like, well, how are they going to carry them? Like, there's no answer to that. Yeah, and it was the same as a ball gunner. It's like, okay, I got a thousand rounds, but how am I going to carry all this? You, be, you guys aren't giving me anything. I have to go buy my own pouches. Yeah, so, tough. That, like, saw gunners and machine gunners don't get loved when it comes to gear. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, and, and buying gear is tough. I was just talking to somebody earlier that, like, how oftentimes the gear is good. And you really got to analyze what is the shortfall. And in your case, case in point, don't buy a plate carrier. Don't buy a belt. Buy the right pouch, right? Uh, and, and that really changes your mindset. Yeah, something that's just going to make it a little more enjoyable, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good. Pouches are, are probably a good starting point because, you know, standard issue mag pouches are trash for the most part. They're not the greatest. Yeah. They get the job done, but it can be done better. For sure, for sure. Uh, on to the next thing. So what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Dude, honestly, when I called you a few months ago and asked about my TSP. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. Um, well, uh, probably Blake, honestly. I'll go yeah. back farther because I asked him, I was like, hey, uh, do, you, do you know where to find that post about the, uh, the G Fund? And he sent me to you. Hey, talk to him. You know, I was like, all right. So I guess that would be the best advice. Talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad that worked out. Um, and I'm about to once we're done with this, I'm about to send you something I found about TSP. Okay. I I believe is the hustle, but uh, again, there's some risks associated to it, but I think it's better because it's a, a strategy, not just buy and hold. I just started it a, a week ago, so okay. I'm, I'm in talks with the website, but I don't want to mention them yet to see what we can work out for our service members. Um, so cool. So TSP, I'm glad that that worked out, and you know, TSP is a big deal. Are you on BRS or Legacy? I don't remember. Legacy. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And, and Legacy is good. Go ahead. Yeah, they were they were rolling in the like the new one when I came in the army. Yeah. And. Luckily, I, I knew how to like research it quickly to make my decision. It was like this. This is to me. It was dumb. It was, yeah. on a, it. My opinion is that the government knows young guys are not financially savvy, and that's where they're banking on. Yeah, you know, they are very few guys come in understanding and discipline to manage their money right to get them yeah. out of it. So it's just a way to save money and say like, oh, it's better. Like that's my view. Yeah. I, I generally agree. And hopefully we can change that so that they can maximize that money and not just be like uh, the way the government keeps them, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you, if you had to start over, right? Mm -hmm. Financially, did you did you maximize TSP? I know you said not about HAP now, but did you use TSP at all, even when you're in the Marine Corps? I did, um, but this was like this was 2007 when I came in and set it up. So mm -hmm. even the people who were teaching us it 
didn't really know much about it. Um, they just told you like here, fill out this. You probably remember too in boot camp, a little like white slip like this with yep. the TSP paper. Like write down how much you want to save a month into it, and that's it. You know. Yeah. So, and that was it. That was all we got. Yeah, I, I remember that, and I I remember like coming out years later because I didn't know about the, where to check it for years. And I was like, man, I'm really glad I was saving this, but I had no idea. Um, so you said that last year you told me that you had a business fail. Was that the gun tuber or you had something else? No, I had a legitimate business. It was LLC and everything. What was it? Uh, sure. Pressure washing business. Okay. So what if, because again, a big theme in this podcast is that we want to talk about failures. Because mm-hmm. um, again, we got, we got to AR our life and hopefully somebody, somebody is listening and takes no. What... What led to the failure? What would you do different? Uh, what What would you share? Um. So, I had a bunch of gear in my garage. I was trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So I was selling it, and I had a lot. Like I had like a couple thousand dollars worth of gear. So I, I put it all on eBay, and I was looking at how much I was making, and I was like, "Well, I can just go spend this on something that I want right now." Or I could figure out a way to make more money out of this money. And that's kind of what I did. So I finally had like a light bulb moment, finally. And I just kind of like started researching like what I could do on the side. Um, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what led me to it, but I had a pressure washer in my house already. It was electric one. And then I just started watching pressure washing videos for some reason, mm-hmm. seeing how people were like making good money on the side doing this and even full on businesses. Mm-hmm. But so I was like, okay, I'm going to try this, you know, started listen, watching guys like their advice and all I was like, okay, decided, you know, I'm going to do it. Cause I know it's, a, I know it's a risk, but like whatever. So I took the $3,000 I made from my gear and I took a loan out for another $3,000 to get started. Um, I would say that's why my first mistake was taking a loan out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I went and looked for like the greatest, the best uh, commercial pressure washer I could find to do whatever thing I wanted. And I wanted to get like as much equipment as I could just to clean houses. Um, so that way I could like, Hey, someone asked me, can you do this? I could do it. I was able to do everything. Actually, I was able, to, I was able to do everything from soft washing to fresh washing driveways. Wow. Um, I didn't have a full on soft washing tank system, but I, I had what was called a, what's called an X jet. And it's basically just a nozzle that you attach to the front and you put the hose, you put one, you put the hose that sucks your solution through. And as it shoots it out, it mixes it with the water so I can clean all the mold off the house with the soap and uh, chlorine. Right. That's why it's called soft wash. But I had everything. Yeah. I had the pressure washer. I had the surface cleaner. I had the gutters cleaner, uh, the X-Jet, uh, you name it. I had it. Yeah. And what happened? What, what caused the failure of the business? Just couldn't get any customers. Mm. I mean, I did everything manual. I did... I, I cleaned my lieutenant's house for free to get some footage of me doing it. I cleaned my house 
uh, record, you know, I would record myself. Um, I managed to get one customer recorded that as well. So I would use, I would record myself doing it in like a time lapse or yeah, time lapse, yeah. you know, and put it on my, put it on the business Instagram and all that. Just trying to get like people to see like what I can do. Yeah. That way, like, hey, you know, this is my product. This is what I can do. For, yeah. Right. Like just all that. And I, I just couldn't get any people, like any customers. That was it. Yeah. The art of marketing is, uh, is you know, sales, marketing, providing a product is all different skills. And uh, so what would you say is the greatest lesson that you learned from that business? Don't commit to buying a bunch of equipment unless, you know, you have a clientele. Yeah, it's big. I mean, um, kind of why I've gone the approach I am now with trying to do this new business. Yeah. Um, with my Instagram, you know, growing as fast as it did, um, I was able to start a Patreon. So now the classes I put out monthly are subscription based. Yeah. So the pl the plan is that like okay i'm running i'm pretty much i'm essentially i'm running my business right now on patreon um by subscription base so for me it's pretty much zero um risk because yeah. if you know everyone if everyone just unsubscribes you know it's like okay cool i just lose subscribers i don't have to pay any fees i don't have to pay any like you know insurance and none of that stuff i had to do with the llc right like you even have to pay you have to pay the state that your LLC is in to go out of business, which is stupid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. sorry, your business is out, but you know, you know, and wants this money still. <laughs> yeah, overhead costs go a long ways, and with the Patreon, you got nothing. So that's pretty cool. That's a uh, good, pretty cool with that. So, and and again, business is ties to finance. So uh, this is some big lessons um, in. And clearly, for what you I've seen, your business is going to be massively successful. And you were telling me that you just launched something different. You want to share with that uh, in case any of the audience from the, you know, any for any service civilian that listens in knows what, what you're providing right now. Yeah. So um, besides the Patreon, I decided to go ahead and start my one on one or group sessions on Zoom by Zoom. Mm -hmm. So like we were saying, talking about earlier was, um, there, there's, there's lots of people that want to get training. Um, and you know, some, a lot of these companies, they do classroom settings and yeah. unfortunately, um, it's, it's cost, it's costing on both sides. So for the business, you know, if they're traveling, they got to travel to wherever they're going to hold the class. They got to pay the vendor. They got to get their, make sure their insurance is all squared away. Yeah. Um, they got to make sure they have enough, uh, bodies in the class to pay for, you know, the expenses. Um, yeah. And you now that's just, and that's just the business side and the student side, you know, they got to pay for the cost of the class. They got to pay for their travel. They got to pay for yeah. the hotel, their food and all that kind of stuff as well. So, with um with the zoom platform instead of students paying a lot and me having to pay a lot for something that's in a classroom environment why not make it easier for students to go to a classroom that is 
cost effective for everybody. Yeah. So, and, and maybe from there they can go to a launch point to actually travel or whatever, but they're going for something that not for the stuff that you could provide in a zoom training, right? Or any classroom really. Yeah. So like my, my, my plan with it is to, and maybe uh, influence other businesses to do the same. So that way, hey, if you're going to be doing some kind of landing out class for these guys, instead of wasting these guys' time in the when when they go there with the class, they can do an online a Zoom class with you before they show up, like a week before, yeah. like the weekend before. And when they get there, they you have more time in the field, which is what they should be doing anyways. Right. Wasting a you know, a customer's time in the classroom when they're there to do something in the field anyways. That's how I see it. Dude. No, that's that's huge. Be and I, I totally agree. If anything for the cost savings you could spend more practical application exactly. in the field and more bang for buck, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's so I have the same model for my uh you know, my finance side. Um, you know, whenever somebody needs wants a one on one, it's it's just on Zoom and I try to keep as cost efficient as po possible because, man, things are expensive, right? So if we're not providing the education, you know, you want to go. The reality, a lot of things are not. Um, you could just do on Zoom very well, right? Mm -hmm. Deliver a quality product. So cool, man. Um, do you have any closing any closing comments for your audience, for my audience? Uh, and and dude, are you wearing a Britney shirt? I am. Let's go, dude. If you guys are on YouTube, that Britney shirt is sick. Uh, but yeah, man, any closing comments? Um, uh, I mean, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I am related back to the, what I'm doing with the, the zoom class stuff. Um, I am working with another Instagrammer, uh, outdoor consultation. So you mm -hmm. and we're working on a with who up for consultation. Okay. So we're working together right now to put together like a SUT primer for by Zoom. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be kind of like us working together for the first time professionally, but mm -hmm. going to bring um, the basics of small unit tactics by Zoom without having to go to the field. So that way guys can walk away with knowing how to plan a mission, how to develop a course of action. And then when they go back to their guys, they can apply all that and spend more time in the field. So. Hmm. Dude, that's brilliant, dude. That is freaking cool. And I hope that you blow up. I hope that, uh, you know, and if people ever have any questions about, about uh, you know, the Nick is the Nicks, the product, the training, uh, massive social media presence, and clearly a voice for good for our community. So reach out to him. Uh, I'm gonna be posting your social media on there. Do you just, if you mind sending me your Instagram, so we, uh, sorry, I have your Instagram, your Patreon, so people can come and find you. Uh, and dude, this was great, huge pleasure to have you. I can't wait to see the business blow up. Um, and yeah, man, I, I will probably do this again as we keep growing. And uh, man, this was awesome, man. Have a good night. Yeah, thank you. This podcast is not financial advice, and it only represents the opinions of those participating. Our goal is to get you to your version of financially independence. Please follow and like on every platform.